morning we have um, two readings. The first one out of the Old Testament, which is Ezekiel 34, starting at verse 11 to 31. And then later on, a reading from Mark, which will be the text. Ezekiel 34, starting from verse 11. <clears throat> For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he's among his sheep that have been scattered. So will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I'll bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land and I'll feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I'll feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, says the Lord God. Behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture that you must treat, tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture and to drink of clear water that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet? And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, Thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns till you have scattered them abroad. I will rescue my flock. They shall not lo no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. And I am the Lord, I have spoken. I'll make with them a covenant of peace and banish wild beasts from the land so that they may dwell securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I'll make them and the places all around my hill a blessing and I'll send them, I'll send down the showers in their seasons, and they shall be showers of blessing. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield its increase. And they shall be secure in the land, and they shall know that I am the Lord. When I break the bars of the yoke, and deliver them from the hand of those who enslave them, 
they shall no more be prey to the nations, nor shall the beast of the land devour them. They shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid, and I'll provide for them renowned plantations that they shall no more consume with hunger in the land, and no longer suffer the reproach of the nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God with them, that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God, and you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord. And the text for this morning is Mark 6. And we start at verse 30 to 44. <clears throat> Mark 6, starting at verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So, that, that, so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the, lo broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. So far the reading. Let's ask for the Lord's blessing on his word this morning. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your word, and we know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. And we pray that with your Spirit's presence and with your Spirit's power, you would feed and nourish and refresh our souls to look upon the shepherd, the good shepherd, the one who has laid down his life for the sheep, and to feed and refresh our souls with the richest of fare. So let your grace be administered by your Spirit as we hear your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, as 
we come to verse 30 this morning and following, we, we pick up with the disciples' return. We said this is the bookend. And, and John has sandwiched the death of, or excuse me, Luke, Mark has sandwiched the death of John the Baptist right in between the sending of the disciples and their return. And we learn in verse 30 that the, the disciples have been exceptionally busy. So busy that, that Jesus recognizes they're close to burning out and they need to get away. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. They need to get away. Their, their level of busy activity is not sustainable. They're, they're human. They have f- finite capacity. They're limited. And Jesus recognizes this and we, we, he calls them away. And yet we come to this passage, and and it's the glorious feeding of the 5,000. And what a magnificent miracle this is, that Jesus could multiply the the five loaves of bread and the two fish in such a way that that 5,000 men and further women and children could be fed and and have sufficient, and everything is left over. Now, we we need to be careful. We can be so familiar with this text that that we immediately go, what an astounding miracle this is. But but God's Word is is given to us. And and I'd like us to recognize that that what is the central issue here is what verse 34 reminds us, that there's this great crowd that is pressing in again. They they tried to get away, but they just can't escape this crowd. And, And they're continually busy. And it says here, Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. That's what we're hearing this morning. How the shepherd cares for and loves and gathers his flock. Jesus recognizes the need that they they need compassion, they need love, they need kindness. And and he reaches out to them and, and he wants to draw them and he gathers them with this love and compassion. We're familiar with Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. We're familiar with the shepherd imagery that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. We're also familiar with Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34, God is rebuking the the disobedient shepherds of Israel. They had neglected the flock. They misused the flock. And and we hear the, the glorious promise, I'm going to send another shepherd, the true shepherd, the real shepherd, and he's going to care specifically. And, and this is what is being fulfilled in this in this time of the feeding of the 5,000. God sends his shepherd the true shepherd, the good shepherd, to gather and care for his flock. As we unpack this story and listen to God's word, I'd like us to consider three things from our text this morning. First of all, the the shepherd tends to his flock in a desolate place. Secondly, the shepherd tends his flock with gracious provision, with gracious provision. And thirdly, with satisfying abundance satisfying abundance. So desolate place, gracious provision, and satisfying abundance. Jesus and his disciples have been exceptionally busy. They're worn out, and they need to go and rest a while. To do this, Jesus commands that they they go away, they take a boat to a desolate place. When you hear the word desolate, 
We often think of a barren place, a place that is, is unproductive, like a desert region that would be uninhabitable. Maybe like the, the area around Desert Road. It, it's not the green, lush, lush pastures of most of New Zealand, or most of the North Island, that is. And we think, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a barren place. But in Scripture, this desolate place is not a, a barren place. It's a remote place. It's a place that's out of the way. It's a, it's a place that is difficult to access. It's uncultivated. It, it hasn't had a lot of habitation there. It hasn't had a lot of work. The fields haven't been tended. It's overgrown. It's isolated. It'd be more like what we do in New Zealand when we go bush. That's the character of this wilderness. It's not a barren place. It's a very productive place. But it's uninhabitable. It doesn't have quick access to any of the facilities. And Jesus goes there with his disciples to get away from the pressures of the ministry. Of the ministry of grace that he has called them to. And here the shepherd cares for his disciples. He sees how, how they haven't even had time to eat. And he's concerned for their well-being. They need to get away to be refreshed. And here again, we, we see the character. Here, is, here we, we think of Jesus' humanity and, and his divinity. He's, he's uh, uh, both divine and human in the one person, Jesus Christ. And yet he's entirely sympathetic and he's, he's well aware of the limits of humanity, of the limits of, of what it means to be a person afflicted with the, the effects of sin who, who can't sustain life on their own. And he also experiences them. We know that he too would be tired, could get sick, could be overwhelmed in his humanity. And so they seek to get away, and, and as they're getting away, the, the crowd hears it, and, and there's more who are coming, and, and they actually beat them to the place where they are going. And even in this desolate place, which is isolated, the crowds are flocking. They come in multitudes, in droves. Mark says there's 5,000 men. But on top of this, there would be also be women and children. It's like they can't stay away. And this is precisely the point of, of the fulfillment of, of the prophecy of Ezekiel. God is working, and he's working in such a way that, that the people are attracted. Here's a man, here's a, here's a prophet, here's a shepherd who, who functions differently than, than everyone else had at this point in time. And the ministry of his disciples was astounding, and, and there's this attraction to come and follow. God is working among the people, and, and they hear the shepherd's voice and follow. But remember where we've just been. What a, what a glorious king this is who cares for his flock. We, we've just listened to Herod and his banqueting halls and the people of influence he had, and there's all, all manner of evil that unfolds there. But in contrast, in a desolate place, in an isolated place, 
the good shepherd, the true king comes. And with meager provision, and with meager means, and not in the banqueting halls, but in the green pastures, he cares for his flock. Here is David's fulfillment. Here is the true shepherd. And like David, remember David when, when uh, Samuel came to anoint a, a, a replacement king, not that Saul had left yet, but, but God had said, I rejected Saul and I want a new king anointed. And so all of the brothers of David come before Samuel and Samuel looks on the external appearance and says, oh, this one should be king or that one should be king. God says, I don't judge by the external appearance and none of them were adequate. But there was David, not even gathered with the opportunity to be made a king, left in the field to tend to the sheep, overlooked and dismissed because there was no appearance of strength, only weakness and frailty and, and insignificance and unimportance, and unworthiness. And here is David's fulfillment. Here is the true king, the good shepherd, by God's appointment. Who comes? Not in the banqueting halls of kings. Not in, in the place with political power. Not in a place of grandeur and expectation but in an isolated, remote, distant region, caring for His beloved disciples, showing the kindness of God to those who were in need. And the crowds come. And in this desolate place, the shepherd tends his flock with gracious provision. He saw the great crowd and he had compassion on them. The love of Christ compels him in everything he does. From his incarnation that we celebrate at this time of year to his death on the cross, to his resurrection, to his ascension, to his outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he looks upon his sheep with compassion. People of God, do you know the love and the care that motivates Jesus and his ministry? That, that drives him and compels him to look upon you and to see you in your need and have mercy on you? Here is the wonder of, of who our God is, of who this shepherd is, of what he is God for us, as well as God with us. A God who loves us, and a God who knows us. And he loves those who are under his care. And when the crowd surges, there's this urgent care that is needed. And what does he do? What does he do? He had compassion on them because they were, they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. They were wandering. They were struggling. 
And he began to teach them. Often our focus often goes right to the miracle, but, but don't overlook that, that glorious conclusion that, that Jesus drew. Sheep without a shepherd, what, what, what can I do for them? Ah, I will teach them. The bulk of the day, the bulk of their interaction with Jesus was, was to sit under his teaching, to listen and to learn from him the grace of the Lord, the call of God, the need for repentance, the wonder of salvation, the realization that there is a God who cares. In Ezekiel, God rebuked the shepherds of Israel because, because they fed themselves and they neglected the sheep. They, they took in all of God's word, but they never shared it with those who are under their care. But not this shepherd. This shepherd comes and he teaches. Proclaims the truth. And notice here, he, he, he doesn't just give them the basics. He teaches them many things. Many things. Oh, to fit, or excuse me, to sit at the feet of Jesus. What would you want? Would your mind immediately go, oh, I just can't wait for the next meal, for that bread to be multiplied. That would be amazing. What is Christ doing for you here and now? He's teaching you, teaching you many things, not just the basics, teaching you the, the wonderful will of the Lord, the wonderful word of God, the deep and profound things which will, will ultimately satisfy as we heard in our call to worship. Why are you spending your money on that which will not satisfy your soul? Don't you recognize your soul has this deep and profound longing for reconciliation with God, for the worship and adoration of our God who has created this world? That's what we've been made for. That's what it means to be an image bearer of God. And, and do you feel alienated from God? Let me teach you, Jesus says, here I am to reconcile you in light of your sin and your misery to show you the grace of the Lord, to speak to you, to unfold for you the wonder of His Word. How easily we pass by this and we say, just give me the spectacular stuff, the miracle. But in Jesus' accounting of things, the miracle, the wonder, as He recognizes the need of these sheep that they are without a shepherd, he began to teach them many things. What are those things? It doesn't say specifically, but we know from the full teaching of God's Word, it, it would be the, the character of their guilt. The reason for the plight in which they were in was because of their sin and misery. The wonder of God's grace that Jesus has come to sacrifice himself, to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. To understand the gratitude, the call, the response to grace which, which God summons from us. Obedience to his law, dependence and prayer to him. He taught them many things. Here is Jesus and, and he feeds the sheep the truth. Beloved people of God, here is Jesus in worship. Christ is coming to you through his ordained servant. 
Not because I'm so spectacular, but because this word is so spectacular. What do you come to the shepherd for? What does your soul most fundamentally need? You need to know Jesus. You need to know Him in all that He has done. You need to know Him in all of your frailty, in all of your weakness, in all of your sinfulness, in all of your incapacity, and to come before Him in humility and brokenness because you know God will not despise that. Here is Jesus. But then the day is late and there is no food. And consider what Jesus does. His provision of grace also teaches not only the crowds a lesson, it teaches the disciples a lesson. The disciples realize these people need food. The day is late. The source of food, the place where the market where they could get food or the homes where they could find their food, the place where they could attain food was great. And the disciples, they don't have enough. And so what do they recommend? What is their petition to Jesus? What do they ask Jesus to do? Jesus, send them away. Because we don't have enough. We don't have what the people need. Send them away. This is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages. Let them expend themselves to buy themselves something They look at their situation. And their conclusion is spot on. Spot on. We don't have enough. After Jesus asked them to find out how much they have, five loaves and two fish, completely inadequate to feed the crowd. For them, the only solution was send them away. And so they petitioned Jesus, send them away because we don't have enough. Remember the first verse of Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I shall not want. I'll lack nothing if the Lord is my shepherd. Really? The disciples can't put it together. It doesn't seem to fit. It doesn't measure up. Isn't that the struggle we have so frequently? This is what we need to recognize. You see, people of God, when you're called to serve Jesus, You're called to serve not because of your abundance. Not because you have surplus. But in total awareness of your lack. Of your want. Of what you don't have. And you begin to understand how to serve Jesus. But be careful, be careful when you, when you take an assessment of, of what you don't have. Be careful what conclusions you draw, what petitions you utter. 
Because so often it's like the disciples, Lord, remove this from us because we can't handle it. Send them away. We don't have enough. But Jesus, remember what we're learning from this passage? That the shepherd tends, gathers, and cares for his flock. That Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And even the disciples and all that they could do and all that they could accomplish yet were like those shepherds who were disobedient. Send them away. But Jesus, the good shepherd, says, make them sit down. Make them sit down. Give me everything. Everything you have. Bring it here. And I will bless it. And make it adequate. Oh, the gracious character that Jesus thrusts his disciples to know. You see, that's the, the, the charge he gives them. In response to the disciples' petition, send them away, he says, no, you. Yes, you. He doesn't say sit back and watch. He says, you give them something. You, as my disciples, you, as my people, you, as my sheep, are called by God to understand His gracious provision. And so often our response is, yes, but we don't have enough. And Jesus says, give me everything. Give me everything, and I will make it abundant. We provide. I will make it adequate. Because your adequacy is not in what you have to offer. Your adequacy is in what the Savior can do. And this is a lesson from Scripture. Remember the widow in Zarephath? with Elijah the prophet. Elijah comes to her and says, how much food do you have? Oh, I just have one meal. It's our last meal. I'm making it for my son and myself. We're going to eat this meal and then we're just going to wait to die. And Elijah says, oh, doesn't say, oh, I get it. Go ahead and eat the meal. He says, no, give it to me. Give it to me. Feed me first. Isn't that unusual? Feed me first. And then you'll have abundance. It's the word of the Lord calling us this morning. Congregation, when, when Christ says, feed those around you, witness of the grace of the Lord to others around you, how often don't our minds go, oh, but I don't have what it takes. And Jesus says to you, do it. Surrender everything to me. Give me what you have, and I will make it abundant. And that thirdly, 
is where God's Word takes us this morning. With gracious provision, with satisfying abundance, the people sit like sheep in the green pasture. Jesus gathers from His disciple the five loaves and the two fish. Then He commanded them all to sit down in the groups on the green grass. And Mark's inclusion of this. Remember, this is a desolate place. It's not a barren place. There's green grass here. There's sufficient provision for the sheep. And the shepherd imagery just comes through off the page and the shepherd feeds his flock. He looks upon the meager provisions which would not satisfy the crowd of over 5,000. And he takes the five loaves and the two fish and he blessed them. He gave thanks for that provision and he blessed it. And we don't know when the miracle occurred. Whether it was in the the breaking of the bread or or the distribution that that as they went around with their baskets with these five loaves, the, the baskets never went empty. Or in the, the duplication, that, that's really not the point. The realization is that as the sheep sit on the green pastures under the shepherd's care, he feeds his flock. And he doesn't just give them a little snack to hold them over so that they can get home. He gives them an overflowing abundance. Such is the provision of the good shepherd. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Here is the good shepherd tending for the flock with satisfying abundance. So much does he provide that the disciples are able to take up 12 baskets full of leftovers. Do you see the the care and the concern of the good shepherd? This is Jesus who provides for the soul and the body. And and sometimes we we spiritualize everything and we we hear Jesus promise that, that, oh, you'll satisfy your souls with the richest affair and we leave it there. But no, He satisfies your body. He gives you what is adequate. And we are called this morning to trust Him, to follow Him. And to trust Him to trust when we, we know how the shepherd tends his flock. To trust that with his blessing, we can feed more. We can care for more. We can show more than our resources will allow. We all have limited time and limited resources. Like I said with the disciples, we often focus on what we don't have. We don't have enough. Send them away. And Jesus calls us this morning with an awareness of your need, with an awareness of your weakness, with an awareness of your inadequacy, Come to me. Trust me. Let your petition not be send them away until I can manage it. But let it be here's everything we have, Jesus.
use it as you see fit. And you, not us, you, you make it adequate because we are completely dependent on you. And God's Word is teaching us this morning that it's Jesus' compassion and His love that calls us to see this. That calls us to trust this. That the shepherd wants us to know His compassion, that that He will bless what little we have. And when we put it all in His service, you will see He does amazing things. He makes what little you have to be sufficient for everything and for everyone. What a glorious shepherd this is. We hear this promise of Ezekiel. Do we trust that? As God gathers and cares for His sheep, they shall know that I am the Lord their God with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God, and you are my sheep, human sheep. God doesn't ask you to be divine. God doesn't ask you to have infinite resources like He does. God doesn't ask you to be inhuman in your ability to provide for those who are in need. Remember where Jesus started? The disciples are worn out. Let's get away. Refresh their souls. And what did they need? They needed to see the crowds and their inadequacy and their complete dependence on Jesus' blessing. And you are my sheep, human sheep, of my pasture. And I, I am your God, declares the Lord God. The shepherd tends his flock by teaching us to depend not on our Abundance. Not on our adequacy. Not on our provision. But on His. On Him. And with Him. And for Him. Will you trust Him? with everything? Will you give everything to Him? Your time, your energy, your talents? Your resources? What you think is inadequate? And say, here it is. Good shepherd. You use it. You use it. I'm inadequate. I don't have sufficient. We need you 
to feed the masses. And he will. And he does. And he is. He is. Amen.